Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, episode 157. How is the leader's mindset evolving? This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And sitting right across from me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hey there, Pam. It's a pleasure to join you again for another episode of Growth Igniters Radio. And as always, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders to take themselves and their companies to their next level of innovation, growth, and game-changing success. Now, Pam, Fortune has just released their 2019 list of the world's 50 greatest leaders. And as in years past, it's a diverse group of leaders from business, government, education, non-governmental organizations, and other places as well. Now this year, these leaders are being honored for the focus on their courage and optimism as they take bold risks to make the world a better place. Yes, in many cases, we found that the leaders were being honored for upending long-standing assumptions about leadership. Now, while these may not be new to those of you listening, the fact that it is being formally acknowledged to me shows a significant shift in acceptance of changing cultural norms. Now, what are some of these assumptions that are being upended here? Well, one that I see is that leadership flows from power. I yeah. mean, that's a that's a traditional kind of response. Right. But in this case, not everyone is overtly a powerful person. So in addition to business leaders, this year's group ranges from a 16-year-old climate activist okay. to a graduate researcher challenging some of the bias of AI mm-hmm. to women in the U.S. Congress and more. The bottom line is, if you're committed to an issue or a cause and are willing to do what it takes to move it forward, even when the path isn't clear, then you can be a leader. Another long-standing assumption about leadership is that in order to inspire followers, leaders have to constantly express a very strong confidence that whatever it is they're going to be doing is going to succeed. Yet this year's leaders are publicly saying that they're not entirely sure what they're leading is going to turn out as planned. So, for instance, Tim Cook of Apple is leading the introduction of a subscription service. And this is a real departure away from what they're known for. And he said that although they are not sure that this is going to work for Apple, if it does, it's going to be another huge change in their business model that takes them to a whole new level of Mm -hmm. growth. Better than doing the same thing over and over again. Well, sure. And risking being disrupted. So these leaders are being honored because in a turbulent, fast-changing world, we can't depend upon doing the same things over and over to move forward. These visionary leaders are committed to taking prudent risks to go beyond their established success and go into uncharted territory to find new success. And this turns on its head another assumption, which is that to be a successful leader, you have to build upon a successful track record, doing something that's worked again. Yet the people in this year's list show something different. They are inventing completely outside of what has always worked. Uh So they're taking 
traditional NGOs and they're creating a new business model. They're reinventing ways to fund women-led companies. They're doing all kinds of things that have just simply not been done before. So no track record, and yet they are showing strong leadership. That's right. And by doing that, they're creating new opportunities to make the world a better place. Okay, so these leaders are turning uh, long-held assumptions on their head. Is there a common theme to what distinguishes these people? All of this points to a growing acceptance of a different type of leadership mindset that is best suited to finding our way in a turbulent world. Again, the fact that this is being honored in Fortune magazine is an acknowledgement that this kind of broader thinking, this risk-taking, all of this is making its way into the mainstream. And this is very interesting because just a few years ago, when this kind of thinking was still just emerging, we had a really interesting conversation with Terence Mowry, who is author of the award-winning book, The Leader's Mindset. So let's go back and revisit that conversation because Terence had a great way of putting things. And here's a bit of Terence's background. He's a writer and a mentor who's based in the UK and is a global authority on how to win in the age of disruption. Terence serves as a mentor in residence for Future Ideas, an international community of experts that includes some of the world's biggest thinkers. So with that, let's pick up on our conversation with Terence Mowry. Stay with us. Terence, welcome to Growth Igniters Radio. Hi, Pam. Hi, Scott. Great to be on your show. We're so happy that you could join us. And of course, a very interesting time to be joining us too. Very timely. I'm uh, here in the centre of London as we speak. And as your listeners will be aware, unprecedented times off the back of the Brexit vote, high levels of uncertainty and anxiety across the country. And it just highlights the age of disruption that we now need to live in and thrive in. So let's start out by having you tell us a little bit about you and what inspired you to write your book now. Of course, you couldn't have forecast, could you? (laughs) (laughs) I can uh, say the timing of this was not planned. And it's certainly quite telling. It came as a complete surprise. I I actually voted Remain. I'm Irish-Italian. I grew up in the UK. So I'm I'm British. I'm European, though, as well. And so this this whole uh, disruptive event has uh, really affected everybody, hearts and minds. I'd I'd like to give you three fast facts about me. Uh, So number one, uh, I'm a mentor uh, for entrepreneurs and business people around the world. I also uh, act as a senior advisor for the London Business School, helping entrepreneurs build the future. And number two, I'm an avid learner. I write and speak about entrepreneurship to Fortune 500 companies, uh, startups and business schools around the world. Uh, Finally, number three, uh, the inspiration uh, for my book, The Leader's Mindset, came actually from a talk I attended in Switzerland at Davos, the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. And it was John Chambers, the CEO of Cisco Systems. And there's one key point which resonated with me and really gave me this uh, this this feeling uh, that I needed to um, write this book, which was this. He said, if you don't innovate fast enough, uh, disrupt yourself, disrupt your industry, disrupt your business, uh, you'll be left behind. And those words really you know, rang true for me when I look around the environment, looking at the uh, tremendous risk 
that we now face as leaders, but also the tremendous uh, opportunity as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we've often said, if you don't change the game for yourself, someone else will change it for you. So yes. we're right on right on board with you for that. Great believer in that. Well, in one of the things you talk about in your book, Terrence, is a concept you call 10x. So what is the significance of this 10x you know, for the leader's mindset? And why is it especially appropriate in this age of uncertainty and disruption when things are happening so fast? Thanks, Scott. It's a great question, and I'd like to frame it for uh, the listeners. Uh, Astro Teller is a British scientist. He heads up Google X, which is like a futuristic lab, uh, part of the Alphabet Group. Mm -hmm. And it's responsible for 10x projects like Google's self-driving car and uh, Google Glass as well. Um, 10x is really about thinking bigger and bolder. Uh, If you think about it, most leaders, most organizations uh, think incrementally. So they think about improving things by 10% or 20% or 30%. 10x was created to disrupt that level of thinking so that you're thinking up to 10 times bigger. I'd like to give you an example to really illustrate 10x in action. So in terms of the power of 10x thinking, there are tests that you can apply to see if you're thinking big enough. Um, The easiest one, I would say, is this idea of 10 times rather than 10%. So imagine you make a car that goes 50 miles a gallon. You can't just retool the engine you already have. Uh, but if I tell you it has to run on a gallon of, uh, of gas of, say, 500 miles, you're going to have to completely rethink how to overcome that challenge. And so what 10x thinking does, counterintuitively, weirdly, it is perspective shifting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much more powerful and can really move mountains. Uh, the, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, for example... I think that's a good example of a 10x project to wipe out malaria around the world. Mm -hmm. Um, So 10x is really about thinking bigger, it's thinking bolder. And given the recent events with Brexit, geopolitical uncertainties, war, famine, I think there's never been uh, a greater moment in our history for big, courageous thinkers. Okay. So you're not just uh, expanding your frame, you're changing the entire canvas and going into a whole new medium of thought. Yes, I think this is a good way of describing it. Great. So what's interesting about the book, as you wrote it, is you talk about three action-oriented mindsets, you call them, that make up the leader's mindset. And while we're going to go into this in more depth in the next segment, if you can give us an overview of how this all works together toward 10x thinking, that would be really helpful. Thanks, Pam. Well, the leader's mindset is a missing link for a new way of thinking. Um, What I discovered through my research, speaking to organizations, leaders and entrepreneurs around the world, is that many leaders are still uh, using outdated 20th century mindsets to compete. Now, I think this is a shortcut to failure. No one wants a Kodak moment, if I can say that. Um, We've seen some casualties over the last three years, including Kodak, Nokia, Blockbuster, Woolworths, uh, European Union, the list goes on. And so 
a, a summary of the mindsets is really there are three. There are, there are three critical mindsets that need 10xing, that need amplifying in the age of disruption. And briefly, they are thinking bigger, which is about shaping the future and finding your why, your leadership purpose. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And number two is about acting bolder. So it's about taking risks and uh, practicing 20 seconds of daily courage in your life. And then finally, number three is about learning faster. It's about being a knowledge seeker. What I discovered is that adopting a beginner's mindset, being passionately curious and being having relentless determination uh, is really like the secret source of the leader's mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, what's really interesting about this, because the people that uh, we we speak with that are our clients already are thinking big, as I said. This concept of thinking and saying, yes, we have to think even bigger. And how to get into this is, I think, the key. You know, we know it on a, on a 30,000 foot level, but what we really need to do is to delve into it and really understand how this is this is really different. I I read this book and I really read this book. It it meant a lot to me. So, I'm looking forward to talking with you more about it in the next segment. So, uh just to sum it up, in the age of disruption, you really have to be able to think with a totally different perspective and shift it. And with that, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll speak more with Terrence Maury about the three action-oriented mindsets you must 10x to win in the age of disruption. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated. We focus on enabling visionary leaders to guide ignite, sustain, and boost momentum for game-changing results on the web at businessadvance.com. We'd like to welcome our listeners and especially our many new listeners. If you're not already subscribed to our Growth Igniters community, you can get even more value by signing up. You'll receive reminders of our new bi-weekly podcasts, along with a link to a page filled with all kinds of resources. On off weeks, you'll receive a Growth Igniters post, which is about a two-minute read. So go to growthignitersradio.com and click the red Sign Up Now button at the top right of the page. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Scott and I are talking today with Terrence Mari writer and mentor about the leader's mindset for winning in the age of disruption. Terrence, how can people find out more about you and your book? Thanks, Pam. Well, um, first of all, I recommend my website, which is www.terrencemowry.com. You can also join my community on Twitter, at Terence Maori. And in terms of the book, the book is physically out in bookstores across America on October the 4th. I'll be coming to the USA for book signings and really looking forward to uh, meeting uh, thinkers and doers. And that will be happening, as I said, on October the 4th. Uh, people can go to Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble uh, or Indie Books or Goodreads to get the book, The Leader's Mindset. 
so we can have a virtual book launch here. Yes. Is that the idea? Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm coming. I, I, I'm a, a fantastic, I'm a great fan of uh, the USA. I've really enjoyed visiting on many occasions and uh, I'll be spending about six weeks in your country from uh, late September. Great. And people will be able to see where your stops will be. On your website. On your website. On the website, yes. Great. Excellent. Okay, well, let's talk now in a little more detail about the three mindsets. And let's start off by talking about the think big mindset. What exactly would you say it is and what isn't it? It's a great question. And to give some context, there are many mindsets that are critical, I think, for winning in the age of disruption. Um, what I wanted to do in the book is really zero in uh, and amplify what I believe are three critical mindsets. And the think big mindset is the first one. It means two things in summary. Uh, one, it means finding your why, your leadership purpose. Uh, there's a great talk about this by Simon Sinek, who yes. wrote the book Start With Why. Yes, you can we also reviewed watch his that TED book talk. too. Uh, yes. you know, I'm a, it's, a, it's a fantastic insight into the importance of purpose. So that's the first part of thinking big, which is you've got to think, really think about what makes you feel alive? When does your beat, uh, when does your heart beat faster? What legacy do you want to leave on the planet? And you should move every fiber of your body in that direction. So finding your purpose and really thinking about three types of benefits. Um, so one, people, two, the planet, and three, profit. So mm. this sort of triple bottom line, I think is a very useful framework for deciding where your purpose is and what mark you want to leave on the planet. And there's a bit of urgency there because I discovered during my research that if we're lucky, we have about 960 months to live. Now, I don't want to hmm. depress our, our <laughs> listeners. Um, I certainly and on don't a want positive to, note. <laughs> I certainly don't want to, uh, to create anxiety there, but actually... By confronting that reality, I mean, I discovered that I've got about 500 months left. But what it does do is it creates urgency. It creates urgency because we often accommodate or um, say yes to things that aren't helping us. And so it helps to filter through and focus on what really matters. That's so that, true. That's the first part of the Think Big Mindset, which is about purpose. Mm -hmm. The second part is what I call acuity of vision. It's really this clarity of mind of where you want to be. So mm -hmm. it's, it's the vision thing. And uh, to illustrate that, uh, I met a, a really inspirational leader called John Wood. And I describe him as the apostle of thinking big. John Wood uh, was a senior executive at Microsoft. He'd been working there many years and you know, very successful. And one day he looked out of his window in Seattle and decided he needed a, a break. He needed a holiday. So he decided to go to Nepal and do three weeks, of, three weeks of trekking. And little did he know, but that holiday was going to change his life and the lives of millions of others forever. Because when he, when he got there, he discovered uh, a school at the top of one of the mountains. And he was invited into the school by the headmaster. And there were about 100 children, smiling, beaming faces. And the headmaster said to John, he said, John, 
if you ever come back to visit us and visit the kids, could you bring a few books? Because there were no books. There were zero books in the school library. And at that moment, John started to think big. He, He knew that he could not go back to selling software for the rest of his life. He made a decision right there that he was going to quit his job. Uh, and he returned six months later with an old yak. His father joined him and they, they had a hundred books on the back of this yak. And that was 10 years ago. And John created this uh, Think Big vision, which was to um, donate over 20 million books to deprived areas around the world. And his, his motto is, if you can learn to read, you can read to learn. Mm. And so John Wood, I think, is a, is a, is a vivid, real-life example of this think-big mindset. Not so he wasn't just thinking big, he was feeling big, too. Exactly. I mean, yes. yeah. it was something that was beyond just the everyday kind yeah. of thing. He yeah. had to literally shift his head. Now, you said there was, there was more to it, though, thinking big. So, the, you know, there's, 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 there's thinking big, it's about purpose, it's about vision, um, it's also really about, um, you know, like you said, it's an action-oriented mindset. So often people will rationalize and they'll say, I have a constraint, I don't have enough time, or... Resources, or people, yeah. or whatever. There's always going to be reasons not to do it. So how do you determine then if you're thinking big enough? You might say, well, I'm thinking big enough given the situation I'm in, but it doesn't sound like that is what these people are doing. And sometimes the constraint can actually generate that thought. What do you think, Terrence? Some excellent points. And I think it's important to embrace constraints. You know, often big companies, you know, they're slow, they're bureaucratic. Their success can, you know, ironically, sometimes plant the seeds of their demise. So I think scarcity can actually create more resourcefulness. Mm -hmm. And so that's a really important point for our listeners, which is, I think in order to think big, you need to act small. And so an example Mm, of that would be experimentation. So yes, think big, but then actually um, experiment, uh, prototype the idea, test it, learn from it, iterate. If it's not working, pivot and move forward. So it's it's really, uh, you know, more of a, a scientific approach to ideas, testing, evaluating, measuring, moving fast. Uh, executing quickly and you know if, if you're allowing that excuse culture or inertia to kick in and then it's very easy to waste valuable time you know that 960 months is ticking mm. away the first step is this thinking big but thinking as you say doesn't do anything unless you act on it and the second component of the mindset you've spoken about is being bold. You mentioned a number of uh, Japanese leadership and management philosophies. Uh, one is Sisu. Uh, so what role does this play? Sisu is a, it's a mindset which is all about, uh, it's really four things. So number one, it's an unshakable self-belief. Um, you know, it's, it's so, that, you know, I'm not talking arrogance here. I'm talking self-worth and self-respect. Uh, number two, uh, it's optimism. So, you know, optimism is a multiplier. Optimism is contagious. So it's a really important part of Sisu. Number three is perseverance. So it's that, uh, you know, sometimes you have to be a bit stubborn. All of the entrepreneurs and leaders I met with and interviewed 
uh, in my research for the leader's mindset, you know, they were all failure pioneers. They'd all failed more, but they were very stubborn. They were very determined and they were not going to give up. And so the final part of Sisu is resilience. Mm -hmm. It's that ability when, you know, we're all going to face our own Mount Everest at some point in life. It could be losing a loved one. It could be, um, um, you know, a, a disease. It could be an accident. And so it's really that ability to uh, not be defeated by failure, to get back up and to, and to continue the battle. Mm-hmm. And as you say, failure is half of success. Yes. It, it so really is a spur to, to move It's a forward. great, great uh, you know, story from Arianna Huffington, uh, the co-founder of the Huffington Post. Right. And uh, you know, her, her first book, over 36 publishers rejected it. You know, they said to her, don't give up the day job. Yeah. And she, yeah. told her, she told her mother this. And, you know, as only mothers can be, you know, very loyal, her mother said, don't worry, Arianna, failure is not the opposite of success. It's a stepping stone to success. There you go. Well, now, so Scott actually uh, came from the world of science. And that's research. right. I did research for Consumer Products Group uh, yes. on Listerine and other products. And we would say, well, you know, Edison said, I, I haven't failed. I've found a thousand ways not to make the light bulb. <laughs> you know, we are, we are continuing to find out what won't work so we can go to what does. And it's, that's it's, what we did. It's, 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 I think those words of wisdom are, are so true. And, uh, you know, uh, James Dyson the uh, the inventor, the innovator behind the Dyson um, vacuum cleaner. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. You know, he's he's got the same mindset of very much. I think for the first Dyson, they failed uh, over five thousand times before they actually found uh, you know found the right combination. But right. his his uh, mindset was not that it was failure. Actually, failure is learning. That's right, and actually that takes us to the third mindset, the learn fast mindset that you talk about. I thought this was particularly interesting because you had some unique perspectives about the different ways that we learn, and most especially the knowledge networking. Can you talk about that a little bit? I can, Pam. Um, knowledge networking, I think, is a critical part of the leader's mindset. You know, look, we're all wired to connect it's, uh, you know, that, that, that's the way that we're built in our DNA. We're hardwired to connect. And so knowledge networking, it means three things. Uh, one, how you process information. Uh, we're seeing now through the proliferation of apps, for example, e-books, just on the app store alone, you know, that gives you access to over 3 billion people and millions of apps. So how we process information is the first part of knowledge networking. Number two, how you build reciprocal, high trust, high value relationships. And number three, it's about getting the job done. Mm. And so knowledge, knowledge networking, um, I think, has never been more important in the age of disruption because, you know, there's, there's a concept known as the half-life knowledge principle, mm -hmm. which is a bit like Moore's Law, which is this idea that what we know today is being eroded faster and faster. So if you look at scientific publications, for example, and, uh, you know, Scott will know about this, you know, if you look at, if you look at scientific uh, publications three, four, five years ago, they're being superseded and replaced at a faster and faster rate. Absolutely. You only have to go to China, for example, to see the speed and scale 
of change happening there. They're building cities within not years or months, weeks. Terence, I have a question about something you just said. There's so much knowledge out there. How does somebody not get overwhelmed by it? How do we, as think even bigger kinds of leaders, and we want to win, and we want to make sure we get hold of it all, how do we know which ones to go to? Well, isn't that where the purpose comes? You come back. I think, you know, Scott hit, hit, hit the nail on the head there, that I think the clearer the purpose, the clearer your leadership why, the clearer your uh, motivations and your drive, um, then that should act as a framework for filtering and evaluating and prioritizing what really matters. I think one of the biggest threats to the leader's mindset, one of the biggest threats to society is uh, information overload. I've seen examples of people walking into fountains because they've been looking at their mobile. Mm, uh, yes. um, the, you know, the shocking statistic is the, is the rate of selfie-related accidents has gone up over 500% in the last year. Oh, my word. Yes, uh, because you know, we're so, so distracted. So what I'd say, uh, Pam, is you know, start with clarity of mind. And, and, and when, you, when you choose learning, it should relate to the overall purpose. It could be what I call the five-hour rule. The way that works is you know, allocate 45 to 60 minutes a day to focused learning. But remember, learning can happen in many different ways. Exactly. Um, a month ago, I joined an incubator, a community really, a community for startups, for thinkers, for doers. It's called Second Home. It's based in London. And it's such a great space which encourages the uh, creative collision of ideas. We uh, I curate speakers, not just from business, but from the arts, from you know, many different disciplines. Mm-hmm. Because I think innovation in the 21st century happens at the intersect of different industries and disciplines. That is very, very true. Well, we're, this really leads to... Uh, how we can all do this. And we're going to get into that in our third segment. So right now we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Terrence Mari about those three immediately useful ideas to apply the leader's mindset so you can win in the age of disruption. Stay with us. You're listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, on the web at businessadvance.com. Does your company have what it takes to meet your current commitments and move fast enough to respond to new opportunities? Take the first step to confirm your perspective by requesting our free resource, Five Questions to Ask When You Need to Move Even Faster. Our questionnaire will help you find out where to begin to focus your energy and resources so that what should be happening really is happening faster and more effectively. We've developed these questions based on our work with clients in over 30 industries. We've helped them scale faster, make innovation happen faster, and more quickly respond to new opportunities. This has generated 
millions of dollars in top and bottom line growth. Now you can have this resource simply for sharing your valid contact information with us. And we promise to keep it strictly confidential, of course. Don't miss out. Go today to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 157. Scroll down to resources and click the link download five questions to ask when you need to move even faster. And to learn more about our success stories, go to growthignitersradio.com client results. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with Terrence Maury about the leader's mindset as the foundation for winning in the age of disruption. Terrence, tell us, how can people find out more about you and your speaking? Thanks, Pam. Well, I'd recommend uh, my website, first of all, www.terrencemowry.com. Listeners can also join my community on Twitter, which is at Terrence Mowry. And in terms of speaking, um, listeners can also find out where I'm going to be speaking in terms of the book tour in October by going on to my website. That's great. And I know that you're very active on Twitter. Uh, In fact, that's how we first met. It's, I think it's, you know, it highlights the connectivity of the world now. I really appreciate how can these connections can happen. It's quite magical, really. So let's talk about, now you, in your book, talk about these as hacks and shortcuts, which I really love, yes. for developing the leader's mindset for 10x improvement. And you were talking, we were just talking now about chance kinds of things, and you talk about making your own luck. Yes. How do you do that? Well, uh, I met an inspirational lady called Georgina Hardwood, and she she's somebody who embodies this 10x mindset of all three mindsets, thinking big, acting bold, and learning fast. She was born in the 1920s. Uh, you know, difficult times, Great Depression, just after the First World War. And she'd al- always had the ambition to study English at university. But Life has a way of throwing events in front of you, as we've seen over the last few days with Brexit. Mm-hmm. So she put that dream on hold for over uh, 70 years. At the age of 83, she decided to go to university and she completed her Bachelor's of Arts in English. And when she graduated, she was twice as old as the professor. Oh, man. <laughs> this wasn't the end of the story, though. Uh-huh. Um, she, you know, basically, she said... I make my own luck now and you've got to own who you are. You've got to be the CEO of your own life. And so she decided to do a master's. Last year, she celebrated her 100th birthday. And for her 100th birthday, she said, what can I do that I've never done before that makes me feel alive at a cellular level? Because if you think about it, often we just do the same as we've always done. Mm -hmm. We live in the status quo. And sometimes not taking a risk is a risk. Right. So for her 100th birthday, she decided to do a parachute jump. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not her. recommending that our listeners or you guys do this. Uh, I haven't done it myself yet. Uh-huh. It's on but my actually, list. Yeah. <laughs> it's on my list on the bucket list. And right. she did a parachute jump. You know, she did a tandem dive and she, she videoed it as well. And, I, you know, what an inspirational lady. Really, uh, really fantastic. So what's a practical thing that someone can do, an action that someone can take uh, very soon? What are they doing? There's three practical actions that uh, our listeners can do immediately. 
it's a change of attitude. So number one, you've got to be open to change. And that means um, try something new. Okay. So I would recommend, uh, you know, different types of networking events, for example. You've got to uh, get yourself a mentor. And I would say not just one mentor, but go for multiple mentors. You know, that way you can accelerate your learning and your luck very quickly. Yes. Uh, one, one thing to put in here is that mentors can be those who are live and mentors can be those who come yes. to us through books or yes. other venues and you talk about that it's it's we forget this but it's so true pam that we should build up what i call an intelligence panel uh an intelligence network and these mentors uh, who inspire us with new learning and fresh thinking and help us see the world in different ways they can come from living or dead so what would be a second area where somebody could concretely do something right away so n number two, I would say, is get some feedback. You know, we often live our lives with blind spots. We're blind to our own blindness. Yeah. And so I think a very practical action is seek uh, objective feedback from people who you, who you whom you respect around you, who you work with, professional, non-professional, and find out where the gaps are. You know, it's actionable and it can really... Uh, it's, a, it's a shortcut to success. So mm -hmm. that self-awareness, that self-understanding is the foundation of the leader's mindset. So I think the, the second piece of practical advice, ask for more feedback, developmental feedback, because that will help you grow faster. One of the things that I've often thought of, too, is going to people you don't normally ask. Yes. So if you're putting down a list of who you're going to ask for feedback, you might try somebody that you normally wouldn't go to. To get Great. a different perspective. What do you think? I think, you know, there's a, there's a principle known as the self-similarity principle, which says that, you know, we, we're part of uh, tribes, really. And it's very easy if we just go to people within our own, within our own inner circle, we're going to get what we already knew. So I think shifting the perspective, going outside of your immediate circle is really powerful. It is. It can also feel risky and a little yes. scary. Yes. But uh, if we embrace the concept of risk improves us and takes us to new places, which you talk about, which you talk about, you know, it's very much part and parcel of expanding our minds and, and creating this really strong mindset. Yes. So what's one more thing, one practical step that someone can take to expand their leader's mindset? Pam mentioned it earlier, which is this uh, you know, information overload. Yes. Uh, Herm Herbert Simon, and uh, a Nobel laureate, says uh, a wealth of information leads to a poverty of attention. Oh, my. And, and that, he, he wrote that in the 70s. Um, so very prescient, very forward thinking. I think the final practical point would be look at your time like money. So think of your time like money. We often spend time. I want the listeners now to think about what are they doing to invest time. Also think about time in terms of time credit and time mm -hmm. debt. You earn time credits when you plan, anticipate, right. think before acting, when you slow down, when you reflect, when you review what you're doing, when you say not yet and push back and protect your time. So that's a time credit. You create time debt which manifests itself in stress and bad hair, 
<laughs> yes, and uh, sleepless nights. Yeah. You, you, you create time debt when you never plan. You're always reacting. Everything's mm-hmm. urgent. And the problem with social media, one of the downsides of the connectivity now that surrounds us is that we're always on. We're, yeah. And everything's urgent. Everything's now. Everything's mm-hmm. immediate. So the art of thinking, we've got to be able to think fast and think slow. Mm-hmm. And so a practical action is slow down, plan more, treat your time like money. Very important. Yeah, it's true. And going back into old common wisdoms, there's the one of less haste, more speed, which is easy one to say. One of Scott's favorite sayings. I like hard it, Scott. to do. <laughs> I like that quote, Scott. Yeah, it all comes down in a way to breaking out of habits that we've adopted is just almost unconsciously going through life on some of these things. And what you're calling to our attention is how mindful we really do need to be. Terrence, can you share with us a final thought on the leader's mindset? I've really enjoyed the uh, the conversation and and uh, look forward to meeting you guys in person, hopefully, at some oh, point. Oh, absolutely. Have to, when you're in New York. You'll have to visit. Yes, or likewise, uh, you know, if you ever, you know, if you visit London, your dollar, your dollar now goes quite far. <laughs> hmm, I'll have to think about that. Hmm. Okay. Let's, go to the, let's go to the airline site. <laughs> final thoughts. So final thoughts. Look, I think the advantages are huge for leaders who can tap uh, the genius of the leader's mindset. So it's purpose, energy, the courage to think big. My final three points are, remember, 960 months, what are you going to do with that time? One, be a voracious, avid learner. Be passionately curious and never stop learning. Two, find multiple mentors because that will accelerate your growth. And finally, number three, most importantly, get into the game. There's no substitute for doing it. Again, this has been a lot of fun, and we look forward to having more conversations with you because as the world is changing, there's going to be much more of a call for us all to continue to think even bigger and act even bolder and learn even more, even sooner. Pam, Scott, Thanks again for uh, the uh, interview. I've really enjoyed it, and uh, I hope your listeners enjoy it as well. Thanks, Terrence. It's been a pleasure. And thanks to you out there for listening. To get show notes and resource links for this week's episode and other episodes that relate to it, go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 157. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to discuss with your team. What will it take for us to expand our mindsets every day to think even bigger and act even bolder so we can win in the age of disruption? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.